Thank you guys so much for listening to the Collegian Cultivate podcast. My name is Pete, and today I'm talking to Vivian Uccello, who is the Manhattan Public Information Officer, and it is April 24th at 11.16 a.m. Hey, Vivian, how are you? Hey, good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. Um, so how how are you monitoring the situation while working from home? Well, um, thankfully, um, a lot of what I do can take place digitally. So we have a lot of Zoom meetings, as I think is the case for a lot of people all across the country and the world right now, that we, we get together via Zoom to have important discussions, uh, a lot of emails, a lot of things um, kind of taking place just data-wise and keeping track of information. But um, I am kind of stuck in front of a computer screen for most of the day. Yeah, I think that's a lot of us right now. Yeah. So what are, for um, COVID-19, what are the Riley County, like, numbers updates today, as of right now? So, yep, so as of this morning, uh, we have three new positives today. So our total is actually uh, sitting now at 40 positives, Mm -hmm. and that's uh, 27 of those are considered active, and we have 13 recovered. Um, We're hoping that the number of recovered will continue to go up. Um, As of kind of earlier this week, the Kansas Department of Health and Environment actually relaxed some of their testing criteria. So uh, up until this point, you had to have all three symptoms of COVID-19, which was um, active fever, shortness of breath, and cough. Mm-hmm. And they've they've relaxed the guidelines where you, um, you only need two symptoms to be tested. And they've also expanded that list of symptoms. So it includes kind of muscle aches and pains, um, but it still includes fever, cough, and shortness of breath, but also kind of loss of taste, general malaise, um, and some other things. So we we now have the ability to test more people. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna see numbers going up most likely. Um, the important ratio to to kind of take a look at and what, something that we're watching very closely is the number of positives compared to the total number of people tested, total number of people, people in the county, and then also the number who are hospitalized who have kind of the more severe symptoms. Because as, as we're learning and as the kind of the world is learning, there are some people who, who get a mild case. Those folks can recover safely at home. They don't necessarily put a, a strain on the medical system. Uh, but there are quite a number of people who require hospitalization and uh, get kind of that more severe case. So in looking at the balance um, for our response and a level of restriction for the county, we're kind of doing everything we can to make sure the medical system doesn't get overwhelmed. So we have to look at all of those different areas and um, try and interpret what that means for the county. Mm -hmm. Where does someone go to get tested? So um, the first steps really, if you have uh, two out of the the list of symptoms and Mm -hmm. I I can provide you that complete list, um, is to call the Riley County screening hotline. That's actually staffed by medical professionals at the health department. Um, and that number is 785-323-6400. Again, that's 323-6400. And you'll get guidance from the person on the other end of that line to say, okay, yes, it does sound like um, you have a case that, that might need to be tested. 
either contact your healthcare provider or contact a, a couple different clinics in the area, such as uh, Conza Prairie Community Health. They will give you a direct referral to be tested. We have a swabbing station that's set up um, on health department property. So you can just kind of drive up, stay in your car. Somebody in full uh, protective equipment will come do the swab and um, then kind of send you home with guidance to stay in quarantine until those results come in. And that can be, um, you know, as little as maybe 30 hours to, um, you know, several days. And we're, we're seeing a quicker turnaround with that. But we do understand as the testing numbers increase across the state, uh, the lag time for lab results might also increase. Right. Um, so when when do you think the peak of the virus is going to be in Riley County? You know, we're going um, first from numbers uh, looking at the state. And mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Lee Norman uh, just talked about kind of over the last couple of days, we've been looking at kind of the end of April, April 28th, 29th, as kind of the, the peak statewide. And we're, kind of ex- we're expecting, if not hoping for that, that kind of same peak here in Riley County, again, just kind of relying on the data mm-hmm. um, and hoping for the best. Um, the important thing that, that I've tried to keep in mind and that I encourage people to remember is the peak is just kind of that point at which things start to decline. Mm-hmm. Um, so we see like a, a general reduction in cases. We might still have a few spikes, a few, um, a few days when we get larger increases but kind of if the general trend line is um, going towards, you know, we have fewer active cases, we've gotten more recovered, it looks like spread is slowing down, mm-hmm. then that's kind of one of those key indicators that maybe some of the social, dis- some of the restrictions can be relaxed. Uh-huh. Social distancing will continue to be in place probably um, for the foreseeable future. And, you know, maybe even until there is a, an active and workable vaccine. But, um, you know, maybe some businesses can reopen, mm-hmm. some other things can happen to to get life back to, you know, not necessarily the old normal because that, right. um, that's kind of out of reach at this point. But maybe a new normal where some of those regular activities can take place in a safe way. Yeah. Um, how long? Well, I know that we had like Riley County had an A grade for social distancing. Do we still have that? And what exactly does that mean? So unfortunately, no. We are, uh, Riley County is now at a C grade. And that is really measuring the travel in the community. So Mm -hmm. it takes into account reduction in average mobility, um, kind of based on distance traveled, number of trips all throughout the county. Um, It also kind of talks about non-essential visits. So I think they're measuring, you know, like trips to the grocery store versus trips elsewhere and a decrease in encounter density. So how many people are traveling or how many people are kind of in a given area in the community. So um, according to the number, like we're, we're at a C now, so we've, we've seen an uptick in the, the amount of travel in the community. Um, that's not necessarily terribly worrisome but it, you know, it shows that their people are getting out and about a little bit more than they were a couple weeks ago. Mm. Do you have any idea why that is? 
Um, I think because partially, I mean, just because time has passed, people are finding it difficult to stay home. Maybe they they have to make more trips to the grocery store or to essential things. Um, a few additional businesses in the area have been given exemptions by the governor. Mm. There might be more people working. Um, the good news is that we haven't seen a large rise in the number of positive cases. So there wasn't, um, you know, we can't look at the scene and say, well, obviously these like 500 new cases have something to do with that. It looks like if, when people are getting out, they are still maintaining good social distancing practices. Hmm. Um, so despite this, you know, it could even be people out driving around. Um, it doesn't distinguish necessarily between those two things, somebody out for a drive who doesn't encounter anybody mm-hmm. or somebody who is going and, you know, doing something that they encounter other people. Right. But uh, we would, of course, like to see that number back at an A, um, but we understand that people people still need to live their lives. Gotcha. Um, can you go into, um, like, what the stay-at-home order looks like? Like, I, I know, I think the Kansas one goes till May 3rd. Um, and it's so, actually May 1st. Oh, it's May 1st. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And when, like, if that one is not extended, would there be a Riley, a Riley County one in place that would go longer than that? Yes, there would, because it's still, it's not time yet just to open things back up like they were before COVID-19. So if the governor's order does expire, um, a local order will be put in place that will have the appropriate restrictions for, you know, where where we're at as a community at that time. And the Unified Command staff is part of the Emergency Operations Center. They are actively um, meeting and looking at what those details might be, kind of ironing out that whole plan. And um, also in cooperation with the neighboring counties, understanding that we're kind of a regional location and we want to do things in partnership with our neighboring counties um, to to have some restrictions in place, the appropriate restrictions um, to keep the community safe. So as soon as the details are finalized, we'll be kind of sharing that information with the public. Um, and hopefully that's going to be sometime next week. We don't have... Um, you know, the governor is going to make her decision based on the conditions at the time as well. So we don't really have indication whether or not um, her order will be extended. And we're kind of waiting for that guidance as well. Gotcha. Um, can you explain um, Kurt Muldrup's statement? I think I think he said this yesterday. Uh, nothing has changed as far as a stay-at-home order on gatherings in more than 10. Yes, so the governor's stay-at-home order is still in place right now. So right. that situation has not changed um, at all. We're still under those guidelines. Right. I, I guess I'm looking more like at the at the second half of that statement where he says on gatherings of more than 10. Right. So um, that's the wording um, of her order. And that's kind of the actionable step as far as um, what the police are are directed and permitted to enforce. So if there's a gathering of of more than 10 people, that's actually in violation of the order and um, could potentially carry like a 
an actionable police response. So you could potentially get fined for that. The goal, anytime the police department has to respond to um, a report of a gathering, is that they can gain voluntary compliance and not have to issue tickets. Mm-hmm. But if you do have um, 10 or more people, you are um, subject to a fine at this point. Okay, gotcha. Um, so I know I know we wrote I wrote a story about this last week, um, and I'd like to talk to you some more just about the alternate care site. Sure. So I think when we when we had talked, there were no hospitalizations for COVID nineteen at Via Christie, and I know I know that's not the case anymore. So, um, do you think do you see the possibility of the alternate care site coming um, into fruition sooner than later, or what are you thinking? So if things stay on this same trend where we don't see a big spike in numbers and there's plenty of capacity at the hospital, um, I don't think there will be a need for this alternate care site. I'm comforted by the idea that 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 mechanism is in place should we need it. But looking at the situation right now, there is a good chance that we won't. So I'm hoping it stays that way. If we get a big hotspot, if we get a big spike of cases, um, you know, there's potential that we'd have to open it. But as things stand right now, we really don't need that level of care in the community. And that's a good thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, is there a certain number of cases that would need to be required for the alternate care site to open? They're looking at numbers, um, yes, um, but there's kind of a specific type of number. So if there are lots of people in the hospital who um, who need some level of care after they're released from the hospital, so the hospital will still take care of all the severe cases. But if we say we had a bunch of folks who were hospitalized but were um, nursing home residents and when they were released from the hospital didn't need that level of care anymore and didn't have a place to go. So they're, you know, they wouldn't be able to return back to the nursing home because, um, you know, out of a desire to protect the rest of that nursing home population, then we need a place for them to go. And that would kind of activate the alternate care site. And I I don't know offhand like what that, that number might be, but it would it's kind of indicated of like, okay, this is more than can be handled in another way. Gotcha. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um can you explain the effectiveness of wearing masks and gloves? So there's there's lots of different data on that, and it depends on the type of mask and the kind of practices of the wearer. So with cloth masks, um, the CDC does still recommend them in situations where it's difficult to maintain social distancing. So thinking of you know those trips to the grocery store or where you might be in public and encountering other people, um, the wearing of masks actually protects other people from you. Um, so if everybody complies, that's a great thing. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. does provide, I, I think the latest data that I read was like 10 to 20% um, protection, which is a lot better than nothing. The yeah. manufactured masks that um, the like medical care professionals use mm-hmm. um, provide more in the like 90 to 99% effectiveness range. So cloth masks, masks are still advisable for the public. Gloves, um, 
So again, it depends on how you use them. So if you're wearing a pair of gloves, you touch objects, you touch your face, you touch your phone, you just cross-contaminated all of those things. But right. if you put on a pair of gloves, you use them in the right way, you don't touch your face, um, you take them off when you leave a store, you put them in the trash, you use hand sanitizer. That's kind of the ideal way to do it. So mm -hmm. it's there's a right way and a wrong way to be effective with those things. And gloves won't necessarily protect you any more than good hand washing would. Right. I know there's kind of a psychological portion of it that, you know, if I, if I have gloves on, I feel more protected. Mm -hmm. That portion of it is a little bit more dangerous. So if you, you have your gloves on and you feel like, okay, I'm safe, I can touch what I need to and I'll be protected only for using them in the right way. So I, I just caution people to still um, use the hand sanitizer, use good hand washing practices, be aware of not touching your face, put that mask on, don't touch it and adjust it while you're out. Mm -hmm. um, be aware of all of those things, which it's hard to do. We're, I think the statistic is we, um, Oh, I can't remember how many times per minute we all typically touch our face, but it's like between three and five times mm -hmm. per minute. Mm -hmm. So you really have to be paying attention and retrain yourself not to do that. But it is possible. Right. Yeah, it does seem to me more like um, there isn't just like this thing you can do and then it's going to be totally fine. It's like you have to be conscious of what you're doing all the time. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's, that's hard. That's a huge adjustment. And we wish we could just kind of get in one of those big plastic bubbles and go out and be fine. But, you know, that's not feasible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how and when do you see do, do you see Riley County opening up? Like, do you think like some places could open, like some restaurants could open and then we socially distance at the restaurants and we wear masks at the restaurants? How do you see that process going? I think you're exactly right about that. So we're going to have um, like a phased approach, and the president has outlined some some steps for for how to make this happen. Because you certainly you don't want to just open up the fire hose. You want to turn on the faucet and do mm -hmm. things slowly in a measured way, um, and kind of judge how the community responds and how. Um, how the caseload is affected by that. So it would kind of start in a small way that a few businesses, maybe um, retail stores, um, and then just kind of step up from there, monitoring what um, what's working, what's not working, and taking small steps rather than opening everything at once. Gotcha. How long, do you have any idea when it could, like, do you have any idea when the situation could be that like college students could all just like go into a coffee shop and study during the day and then go to Aggieville on a Friday night whenever like that could happen again? You know, it's hard to predict exact timelines for things because it depends on so many factors that are out of our control. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't think that, I mean, that's not going to be years from now. That could be in a month. It could be two months on kind of a smaller scale and still, you know, tables are going to be far apart when that happens, mm -hmm. but it's not, it's not out of the realm of possibility in the next few months. Interesting. Okay. What do you think people need to know going forward? The thing that I keep having to remind myself is that um, 
this is long term. I have this urge to like dream about, you know, okay, when this is all over, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. I'm mm-hmm. thinking about a vacation I could take. And that's really a long way away. We're going to be dealing with COVID-19 really until there's an effective vaccine for it. Mm-hmm. And that could be a year from now. It could be a year and a half from now. So it's mm-hmm. things are going to look different than we remember for quite a while. And we're, we're going to have to c- continue to make adjustments. This is a, this is a marathon not a sprint so you that's the talk i keep having to have with myself and i'm I'm guessing uh, that's something that others might need to be reminded as well Mm -hmm. cool well thank you so much vivian i really really appreciate it yeah my pleasure um thanks for all the work you're doing to keep the public informed i appreciate that and hope you're doing well keeping up with all classes and kind of the new reality that we're all faced with yeah thank you so much yeah have a great rest of your day and thanks for all that you do Yep, you too. Take care. Yep, thanks for listening, guys.